You are listening to Ill-Advised, a show of ideas and insights for women who are ready to bet on themselves, go all in, and take that leap into faith, even if doing so could be considered ill-advised. I'm your host, Jessica L. Let's see what happens. Welcome back to Ill-Advised. Before we launch into today's episode, which is all about the question, so what do you do? I have two life updates. The first one is that I just spent about 15 minutes trying to figure out what to wear today. And I have settled on a pair of jeans and a black tank top, which is essentially what I've been wearing for the last six months. I am in desperate need of new clothes. I no longer feel like anything in my closet represents who I am. And this has been a journey for me. I would say that for a long time, the clothing I wore did reflect how I saw myself. I saw myself as a professional and someone who was running a business. And my closet was full of V-neck t-shirts from J. Crew, pencil skirts from J. Crew, button downs from Banana Republic. And that was about it. I mostly wore blacks, whites, and tans. And when I went to Utah, in 2022, I wanted to start playing with that a little bit. I became a little less conservative, but not terribly so. In Utah, it made sense for me to wear more turtlenecks, and I love a turtleneck. I wish I didn't like them so much, but I just love, especially a mock neck, love a mock neck shirt. But I also, in the spring of this year, I started trying to be more colorful. And I swang that way for a while and then just recently decided, no, I I don't actually like wearing color. I prefer my blacks and camels and whites, and I'm very happy living in that zone. But the things that I am left with, since I have done so many closet purges over the last two or three years, is just extreme basics. Like I said, tank tops, t-shirts, 18 pairs of jeans. I don't know how I always have so many jeans. I hate wearing them, but I have probably two dozen pairs of jeans in a variety of washes and a variety of sizes. All of this closet confusion has been reflective of my identity confusion over the last few years, which is very related to today's episode. But before we get into that, one more life update. My family is planning a trip next summer. We're going to go somewhere to some beach. Haven't decided which yet. It needs to be family friendly. I'm just exploring some options. There is nothing that makes me more bonkers than trying to plan a vacation. My brother and I went to Flathead Lake in Montana back in June. All I did, like I think he even booked, he found the rental and booked it And then I just mapped out the route to drive there. Like, I think that was actually all I did. For some reason, when it comes time to plan activities or put together an itinerary on a vacation, my brain just goes blank and I cannot bring myself to do it. So halfway through our trip there, I was like, we should probably get on the lake, shouldn't we? Like, we should get on a boat and go out there. It was the coldest day of the week. And I called some boat company and they were like, yeah, it's going to storm today. Probably not the best day. We could go up Swan River if you want to. 
So that's the kind of thing that I tend to do. Super last minute, usually what happens is the activity doesn't happen because I did not plan ahead on vacations. The rest of my life, no problem. I can plan weeks and months ahead. But when it comes to vacations, I don't know. It's it's really tricky for me. So I looked at like two condos and a few beachfront houses on Hilton Head Island last night. I was doing a tiny bit of research. And then I just thought, oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> I cannot be responsible for this. And I contacted a couple travel agents. And I've never worked with a travel agent before. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to provide the service I want, which is essentially find us a place and give us an itinerary and we'll get there and take the rest. Um, but that to me is, I don't know, it sounds like what a travel agent should do. So we'll see. I'm curious if you've ever worked with one, what your experience was. So DM me on Instagram and let me know. Okay, let's get into the question. So what do you do? This question for over a decade terrorized me. And I'm not being dramatic. I actually dreaded cocktail parties, networking events, fundraisers, anything like that that I was going to where this question might be asked. And I want to point out that this was a really regular occurrence in my life. It, it was a super common thing for me to be going to events like this multiple times a month. There was always something. I worked in real estate. I was part of a charity fundraising group that was all volunteer. This stuff happened a lot. There was always some event where I would be asked what I did. And I hated going to them every single time because I dreaded this question. This, so what do you do for work? And it would bring up this really toxic blend of shame and embarrassment and inadequacy would just come over me. And I'd start to act really cagey. I wouldn't really answer the question. I would try to not engage further. And I would shift focus onto basically anything else. So I would turn it around and I asked them what they did before I really answered it myself. I'd change the subject. I would just act like a real weirdo. I noticed this for the first time, really, when I was running a real estate business. And the story I told myself at that time to explain the feelings that I was having was, oh, I'm just uncomfortable saying I'm a real estate agent in case they think I'm trying to get their business, which is also kind of a bonkers thought. But I thought it was just a, a reaction to the industry I was in and that I didn't want people to think that I was like trying to sell them on my services. But as I look back on it now, that, is, that actually wasn't the case. I experienced this aversion to talking about my job in every single role that I've ever held. And it became super apparent for me over the last couple of years when I became the communications director for a tech company. And I thought at that point, this feeling shouldn't exist anymore. I should be proud of what I'm doing. I am proud of what I'm doing. So why am I still feeling this way? And it was across the board. I felt it 
when people would ask me what my college major was. I didn't want to tell them I was an English or political science major. It happened when I was an event coordinator, when I was a real estate agent, even when I was a fiction author. If you had asked me a year ago what I did in my free time, I would have said I liked to take walks and I liked to go to the gym. But I would never have told you that I spent 20 to 30 hours a week writing fiction because I just did not want to go there with anyone. I would definitely, in all of these instances, never identify with the role that I was playing. I would never say, I am an author. I am a real estate agent. I am a communications director. I would say that I did things. Oh, I do communications, right? Oh, I write some books on the side. Oh, I do real estate. I would create some distance between me and whatever the job was that I had. And looking back at this now, I know it's not because they were bad jobs. It wasn't even because I didn't like them. There were a lot of things that I've loved about all of my jobs over the years. You can love something and still have it be misaligned to the truth of who you are. And that is the case for me. I always felt like I was lying if I said, I am a real estate agent. I am a novelist. I am an events person. I never felt like that was the truth of who I was. So I was running around these cocktail parties and these networking events and these fundraisers lying all the time. And even now, as I just kind of read through those, that list of things, like I am a novelist, like it brings something up for me that is what I now recognize as a physical no response. It's my body saying, that's actually not true for you. Yes, I write novels and I enjoy it. Yes, I can do communications and I enjoy that too. But it is not who I am. Here is what I have learned from misalignment in jobs and in roles. It feels hard. There have been times and things that have felt easy over the course of my career. There have been tasks that I enjoy doing. And when I do them, I get into the flow state that we all have experienced at one time or another doing something that usually is not what we're doing most of the time. I enjoy writing. And so when I get into a job where I can do a lot of writing, it feels good. I enjoy mentoring and managing a team. I enjoy working on strategies and stuff like that. So all of those things I have done in my job and I have liked it. But it has always, to some degree, felt hard to be in the role. There is a distinction here that I'm trying to make, and it's a, a subtle one. And that distinction is between doing the tasks of the job and really feeling in it. For me, it always felt hard to be the person doing those things as opposed to the doing of it itself. The other thing that I've learned about misalignment is that other people can't always tell. And in fact, in my experience, they usually have no idea that you are not aligned with whatever job you're doing. If you are waiting for someone to come around and point out to you that you seem misaligned in your career, it probably isn't going to happen. It isn't going to be apparent 
to anyone who is also bought into the same cultural framework that you are. And when I say cultural framework, I mean the values of the particular world that you live in, like your workspace, your social group, whatever group you belong to, where everyone agrees that attending, like, I don't know, a charity fundraiser on a Friday night is a thing that must be done. If you are part of a group where everyone has the same kind of idea about what people should do, they're not going to see you as misaligned in the role that you're in. They won't be able to tell. And that means what I have found to be the worst part of this misalignment is that it is incredibly, very, very, very possible to be extremely successful in a place that you hate, to be really, really successful in a place that your soul just doesn't fit. And I know this because I have been successful in literally every job I've ever held. I thought that the more successful I could be in a particular job, the more that success would be proof that I was where I was meant to be. So I'd work even harder to be successful because I wanted to convince myself so badly that I was where I was supposed to be. But success in the common cultural framework that we share, for most of us, of like money and status and cars and all of that stuff, it actually has nothing to do with your destiny or what's meant for you. And I believe that when you align with your destiny, the success will follow. But you do not have to align with your destiny to achieve success. That's where I think I had been for 10 plus years. And the secret was that I never felt successful. No matter how much money, no matter how many promotions, no matter how many toys I bought with the money that I was making, I never actually felt successful. And that's because to me, the ultimate success is feeling alive. I believe that's the meaning of life. People have different views on what the meaning of life is. To me, it is simply an experience of being alive. And as often as possible, aligning with ourselves, with that experience of being fully alive. That's what I'm here to do. Like that is what I came to earth to do, is to have as many possible experiences of feeling alive. And that looks like flow states, those moments when you are being fully present, when you're being fully engaged with what you're doing, when you get that full body experience of like, yeah, this is it. And I do not think that everyone has to serve some higher ideal with their career for their vocation and their job to be meaningful. That's a trap that I used to fall into. And I think it's a lie. If what you really love to do is like inject Botox, I love that for you. And that is what you should do. And if that makes you feel alive and you enjoy it, then that is meaningful. You don't have to join a nonprofit and become a crusader to have a career that makes you feel alive. And that is something that I had to untangle for myself in order to allow myself to do things that actually did feel meaningful. So here are ways that I think you can feel alive and be successful in your career. I think it's in one, being challenged. But here's a really, really important caveat. Feeling challenged in directions you actually care about. If you have ever gone a project at work and it has been hard and you felt challenged and then you've had the thought, 
oh my God, I don't care, then you are being challenged in a direction that is not meaningful for you. I also think that being successful is about feeling excited about your work, feeling curious about it, having a a childlike sense of wonder and experimentation, and then feeling bold, willing to try things just for the sake of finding out. Like, huh, I wonder what would happen if I did this thing at work or tried this approach to XYZ thing, like to building widgets. That curiosity is what keeps us feeling alive and engaged in our work. And when you start to feel alive in your work, that's when you will start to say things like, I am a fill in the blank. Because putting that on as an identity will feel like the truth. And that, I think, is the work that we are all doing in our careers from where we start as we learn and and grow and try on different things. We're all searching for that thing that when we say, I am a blank, it feels like the truth. That is all for me this week. If you want to finally stop lying at cocktail parties and feeling that rush of dread, I have a knack for helping people get into careers that make them feel alive. That is what I was sent here to do. So you can book a career consult with me at jessicaL.com. Follow me on Instagram, jessicaL sometimes, and read and subscribe to my blog at jessicaL.substack.com. Here is to something interesting happening. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.